welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film stars. We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. And we're also on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And my name is Garrett Smith. And I'm Tori Potenza. And today, we're talking about Bill Duke. Bill Duke. One of my faves. Yeah, this should be very fun. Excited to chat about Bill. Yeah. Uh, but you want to catch up on some uh, some genre yeah, movies was, that we've been watching? I was trying watching? to think of some stuff. I mean, so much of what we've been watching lately, I think, has been podcast related. We also like went a week without watching movies, which was... Very weird. True drought. True drought. Indeed. Um, but uh, something that we have seen since then, I can't remember. Did we talk about the? Uh, did we talk about Cannibal Apocalypse? Yes, we did. We did. I believe we did. Okay. Uh, then we, I have watched the Mechanics since then, which is a Charles Bronson like vigilante movie, mm-hmm. kind of vigilante. He's like a hired killer. He's like a contract killer, I guess. Um, that I thought was really pretty good. Uh, it's like one of it's our favorite genre of secret gay movies. Uh, he like plays an older hitman that is sort of like taking an apprentice under his wing, this like younger guy, mm-hmm. and uh, it very much reads like an older man guiding a younger man through a secret world that uh, you know the two of them are not allowed to talk about because of... I just realized we get to talk about a secret gay movie today, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I-, I liked it when it was a secret gay movie. I was really into it yeah. when it was like just kind of a hitman movie. I was still into it, but not as much. Yeah, um, it's yeah. got a good ending. The mechanic has a, a really good ending, so it's like nice. it's pretty worth watching. Very cool. Um, and as far as Charles Bronson movies go, I've not seen that many, but like I don't think I've seen any. Death Wish is like I think what people yeah. kind of love, but I'm a little less into. And the mechanic is something I can be a little more on board with, probably yeah. generally. Interesting. Yeah. You might like the mechanic. I don't know. You're not Maybe. into crime movies that much. I like crime movies. I just never want to watch crime movies. <laughs> like when we sit down and watch them, usually I'm into them. Yeah. But I don't understand watching anything that's not a horror movie most of the time. Yeah, so fair. that's my own my own stuff. But we did watch an awesome action movie the other day. That is new. We watched Nobody. I thought we were talking about this. Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Uh, and we've been excited about this one for a couple months because we love the John Wick movies. Yes. And this is written by the guy that wrote the first and maybe second John mm-hmm. Wick. Derek Kolstad, I think is his name. Yeah. And this kind of lives in the same universe is John Wick? It's like, it, it is unclear. Like, unclear. I was actually paying attention for, like, are there any specific, but yeah. it's like, it's gold bars, it's not gold coins. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it like, it feels adjacent, but not quite. Mm, yeah. And I would say the movie feels adjacent, but not quite as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they're like, if they're not like, yes, this is officially a thing, yeah. then they're like, well, what if there are other people that like kind of do the same thing? Yeah, and yeah. I like that idea. It's um, got its own internal mythology, yeah. which is pretty interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, Bob Odenkirk is great. Fucking great. great. I have like always liked him as like a comedian stuff, and like I didn't, I haven't seen Better Call Saul, but I liked that character on Breaking Bad, but he was like a side character mostly. Yeah. So, but like the concept of him being like the action star of this movie was fascinating to me. 
gotta say, he was kind of hot, like kind of yeah. kind of into Bob Odenkirk as yeah. a as an action star, and and believable, like believable. did that thing where like yeah. I was he pulled it off. I was really into yeah. watching him kind of scrap with these yeah. people, and I great cast bought into it. Yes, uh, I mean Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, RZA, and RZA, yeah, both showing up and yeah. getting to do some really cool fun shit that yeah. was like very exciting to watch. Um, and Michael Ironside's in it as well, yeah. who at some point I would love to do on the podcast. Uh, me too. I'm a huge fan. Fascinating career too. Yeah. Um, and like he looks entirely different yes. and somehow like like but pulls it off. We're it, both like, oh yes. Like, yeah. Uh, is very like appropriately cast in this movie, despite being like an entirely different kind of character yes. than I'm used to seeing yeah. Michael Ironside play. Yeah, there was like maybe a hint of like warmth in his character, yeah. which was interesting. He was like the office buddy, which is like not He was his stepdad. Uh, or not stepdad, uh, father-in-law. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, but I mean, like as a persona. Yeah. Yeah. He and like that is like not. Uh, I would never think to cast Michael Ironside <laughs> as I think of Michael Ironside yeah. as like the friendly guy in the office. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this. Kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess, yeah, because he's his father-in-law, it's like this elder statesman or well, whatever of the... I was mostly surprised because, like, everyone else in the movie at that point is kind of shitting on Bob yeah. Odenkirk because no one knows that he's secretly this, right. like, awesome dude. They just think he's, like, a schmuck. Yes. And he, like, failed to protect his family in a break-in, mostly because <laughs> yeah. he's trying to keep bottled up this, like, you know, rage and violence that's in him, yeah. which feels a little bit like uh, Drive to me, which is a thing that yeah, I like. Yeah, I saw um, some other people compare it to A History of Violence, which I've not seen. Which is, we have to watch because yeah. I have to do it for my Cronenberg at some point. But is, I think, a similar yeah. kind of, yeah, like male bottled yeah. male rage kind but, of. Uh, what I was saying was that, like, I when Michael Ironside steps in, I'm like, oh, he's also going to be a total piece of shit to him, and that would yeah. make sense to me. And then instead, he is isn't actually at all um and is like kind of gentle with him uh and stuff even though he is like also like turning him down for this like offer that Mm -hmm. uh he had and stuff but i was like oh it's like works pretty well yeah i Um, I liked him in it yeah really fun movie really fun violence yeah yeah i mean i feel like uh i uh, john wick is like slightly more my speed than uh this movie was but i did like that this movie was like it felt a little bit like John Woo. It felt a little bit like a 70s vigilante movie. Yeah. Like it kind of like, it had some exploitation vibes. I was pretty into it. Yeah. Um, I, The thing that was most impressive to me was it was like a series of pretty inventive set pieces. Mm. Like I kept thinking it was just going to be like good action choreography. Like it was mostly just going to be yeah. like more fights. Yeah. But instead of it just being like more fights, mm-hmm. it was like... It was these bigger set piece ideas yeah. that were pretty creative and fun, yeah. I thought. I, I had a good time. And they with that. come back around to, to those pieces a lot, yeah. as well as like certain just like plot points that were like, why are we watching this? This is weird. Or like, yes. like it, it has that, which like always feels really clean when I'm watching a movie. When like stuff comes back around, I'm like, oh, I didn't need that to, but I'm so glad it did. Right. This actually has a payoff. Yeah. So yeah. there was like just the satisfaction I kept feeling throughout the movie for that too, which yeah. was very cool. Yeah. I li- I liked it. It's probably one of the, uh, my favorite movies of the year so far. I guess. Yeah, I think it's up right? there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would agree. All right. Um. Those are like you said. I think we have not watched much yeah. other than stuff for this episode. Yeah. So, so uh, there's not much to talk about other than Bill Duke. Yeah, which uh, we're very excited to talk about. So yeah. let's uh, let's dive into to Bill Duke. 
Um, I feel like he was a person that especially I felt like I learned a lot about uh, doing the research for this, yeah. uh, which was pretty fun. I knew nothing about him yeah. going into this other than just like he's a guy that you. the reason we chose him is we he's another one where very frequently in our relationship yeah. he pops up and we're like, oh, yeah, love this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably the first movie that he popped up in is one later in his career that we both love that we'll talk about, which y- I'm excited for. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Bill Duke has uh, 72 acting credits, and then he has like 61 directing credits. So he is yeah. uh, has a very significant uh, di- career as a director as well, uh, which was something I did not know at all. And we are going to, per our show, kind of focus on his acting credits, but yeah. we did kind of choose, we picked and choose. We did a little picking and choosing, and we got we some directing stuff one, to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we chose one film he directed yeah. that... Uh, I felt more like we needed to uh, because Criterion just announced that they're going to be releasing it. So uh, it kind of Criterion. I think it's Criterion. Okay. Uh, so and then like a bunch of people were talking about it, and we're like, "Oh shit, we should watch this movie." Um, yeah. So yeah, it felt like a sign that we should sit down and yes. focus at least on one of his directing credits. Yeah, so that we could talk about that aspect of his career. But we are yeah. just going to focus on his acting credits, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I have this quote that I found from Bill Duke that I really liked that I put at the beginning. Um, if a man does not seek humility, humility will seek him. Uh, that is a great fucking quote. Which is really great. Uh, he, he seems to be a very interesting speaker and I, I just enjoy him. And, uh, this kind of felt like something he feels like a very humble person mm-hmm. uh and is very quiet and kind of understated in much of what he does uh so that just felt like it also connected uh really well it, it really does i mean we'll yeah. talk about that but that's like his superpower as an actor yes. is the whisper yeah um so bill duke was born february 26 1943 in uh, uh poughkeepsie new york um I just had a quote from him saying it was a great place to be born and raised because uh, while there was a lot of poverty, we were also taught to be survivors, um, hmm. which was just interesting. Um, he took uh, speech and drama classes at Duchess Community College. Hmm. Um, he mentioned that he was shy and had dyslexia, so he like uh, had had some struggles, but even more interesting that he then becomes an actor, a writer, a director, yeah. all of these things. Dyslexia is like really challenging for yeah. some people, and I would imagine there were less resources for it when he was growing I'm up. I'm sure, you know? yeah. Um, he then eventually attends Boston University with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts. Uh, so uh, my dad went to BU, uh, oh. so it was like kind of cool to see uh, his alma mater on here. Um, he actually was able to go because he got the Martin Luther King Scholarship, um, although I watched some interviews with him and in one he talks about how the scholarship only was for his academics and did not pay for like room and board um and you know he was like a poor black man going to college in boston which at that point i assume was way more affordable than the (laughs) boston of now but even then uh so he had he was telling the story about how he was like working two jobs and then eventually was just like decided he was going to take like a year off or something and like try to build like get money yeah um and he like mentioned it to like one of his teachers and his teacher was like this hard ass that no one really liked and the teacher was like you're not going to do that and he was like what do you mean i'm not going to do it. I, don't, I don't have money like yeah, yes I I, i'm going to do this and he hands him an envelope uh with a check that was for room and board for the rest of his college career whoa um 
That is and uh, he, very kind and yeah. nice. That's a nice story, too. Yeah. And in the interview, it was from like a few years ago, and he still gets like choked up when he talks about it. Yeah. Um, and then like he was like, every time I tried to thank him or like tell him how much I appreciated him and loved him for doing that because it changed my life, he would like either hang up the phone or like walk away <laughs> or like tell me to shut up or something, which yeah. I uh, I think is really funny. What a great character. Ugh, I love it so yeah. much. Um, but like, you know, just how important it is to, to have people like that in your life that uh, yeah. see your talent and your shine and are like, you, I'm not letting you give up on this uh, and I'm going to yeah. do this for you. Um, people that commit to your potential. Yeah. You know? yeah. I loved it. Um. One of the uh, things I have written down here was since the early 70s, Bill Duke, along with in industry veterans such as uh, Michael Schultz and Gordon Parks, have uh, paved the way for African-Americans in the industry. Yeah, that's cool. Um, just a few more notes. He's a frequent collaborator with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, which is pretty fun and something we will talk a little bit about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, frequently got typecast as a police officer, which <laughs> happens a lot, uh, I think, especially to like people of color getting like typecast in these smaller roles. Domineering black men play police captains yeah. a lot. It's such a stereotype that I'm pretty sure. Have you ever seen the Schwarzenegger movie, Last Action Hero? No. It's like a movie where a kid goes inside of a Schwarzenegger movie. And it's such a stereotype that there is one of the jokes in the movie is that the angry black captain is the angry black captain, like in the Mm. world of the movie. Yeah. That's how much that stereotype permeates movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he mentions that once, uh, once he realized that he was typecast as a police officer, he turned to, he turned to directing that way I could wait until an interesting project came along, uh, Mm -hmm. which I was like, good for you, man. Like wait for the roles you want. Um, he, when he was in elementary school, he took a lot of speech classes because of, um, his, uh, I assume just issues with, uh, shyness and dyslexia. So we like had to take these like specialized classes, um, and he talks about how he was a little a bit awkward socially with other kids, but found something I never felt before in that class. And that's when I caught the acting bug, uh, which I, which I love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he uh, also took a significant amount of stage acting classes in the sixties and seventies, as well as ballet classes, which, uh, oh, he, yeah. he mentions like, it's not a pretty sight, but he, and he said like, oh, I'm so glad YouTube didn't exist around then because there would be videos of me, uh, in ballet tights. Yeah. I mean, imagining <laughs> him performing ballet is definitely funny to try and imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's get to, to his career. So, um, he first started, uh, acting in the seventies. Um, his first acting role was in ABC's after school specials, uh, from 1972 to 1975. Um, he also had roles in Charlie's Angels, Starchkey and Husk, and, uh, I always fuck that up somehow. Starsky and Hutch and Kojak. Um, in 1976, his first film role was Dwayne in Car Wash, uh, which was directed by Michael Schultz uh, and starred Richard Pryor, um, which is one that um, you did for your podcast, I Like to Movie Movie. And I remember you had, I was coming home from work and I think I watched like the last hour of this with you, but yeah. like really enjoyed what I saw. And specifically, I was like, 
Oh, I remember Bill Duke having like this really significant, interesting character in this movie. Yeah. And then we I, we both watched some clips today to kind of refresh. And I was like, yes, I do remember him because the ending of this movie is really impactful. Yeah. And like Car Wash is kind of an ensemble like black exploitation movie. Yeah. Um, that's really good and entertaining. Richard Pryor is pretty fun and funny in it. If you buy the movie, you'll see George Carlin on the cover, even though he's got like a very bit role in the movie, but it's like, you know, entertaining. It's just, mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to sell the movie to the rest of us on is that George Carlin is in it. Um, when they could be selling us on how good Bill Duke is in it. Man. Um, but yeah, Bill Duke plays a seemingly, you know, just part of the cast character mm. who kind of becomes the dramatic kind of thrust of the movie in the finale they keep referring to him as like the revolutionary like yeah. you know he's he's clearly this like young black man who is like very upset with the the way things are in society and the way things are going for like him and his people which makes so much sense and feels uh considering some of the other movies like he directs and acts in later yeah. uh it's amazing like that this was his first film role because yeah. that feels so important yeah and he plays Dwayne, but he wants to go by abdullah i believe yes. is the name that he wants people to call him yeah which plays into kind of the big dramatic scene at the end in a way that i really like yeah um i mean the the two clips we watched uh, we both watched the one with Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor is like this, uh, like preacher in it. That's this He's... really flashy, like the that one scene we watched. He has like a. Um, crystal encrusted like uh, cross that he's yeah. wearing with this white uh, suit. Yeah, he's like, it's interesting. So the movie is like a little bit absurdist. Yeah. Um, there's like musical numbers throughout and stuff, but um, his character is like a, he's like, I don't think he's like a real preacher, but they refer to him as the reverend because mm -hmm. what he's preaching is that money is good. He's literally a capitalist preacher. Mm -hmm. He is preaching to the black community that if they just had money, they'd be fine. Yeah. And so they should be working harder for the man to earn more money. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, so then Bill Duke's character is kind of like a character that tries to challenge the Reverend on this, which I think yeah, is just a funny Yeah, he tells him he sounds idea. like a pimp. And yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, man, what a great line. Yeah. Uh, I was like watching that scene for a while and waiting for his character to say something. And he goes like, you you talk like a pimp. And yeah. I was like, who? Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and he doesn't even, like, the whole the whole idea of Pryor's character is that he does nothing for these people other than talk about how good money is. Mm -hmm. He doesn't actually, like, provide them with any money or any means to make money. He's just preaching yeah. the good word of capitalism. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's pretty interesting. And, and, yeah. and funny, like, Pryor is fun and funny in the role. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a very interesting kind of, you know, it's trading on his charisma in a really yeah. interesting way. The other, and then the other one, we watched this like kind of final scene, yeah. which I don't know the actor that plays like the manager of either. the car wash, but the car wash is owned by this white man. And then it's like this guy and mostly black people that are working there. Yeah. Um, but the, the man that plays the manager clearly is this like really lovely actor. He's so good in this movie. And Let's see if I can find his name. Yes. Uh, he uh, clearly like cares about all of these people and is like trying really hard to be the middleman and like 
be the person that, like, you know, the people that work for him can, like, go to, but then also try to, like, you know, keep his job and keep this white man happy that, like, owns the car wash. Yeah, because um, um, the the man that you're referring to is also, he's, you know, just an older black man who yes. has worked his way up the chain in this uh, yeah. establishment. And now he's middle management, and that's yeah. a shitty place to be. And It's uh, uh, Ivan Dixon is Ivan the Dixon. actor. He plays Lonnie. <sighs> he's so good, and, you know, you... You watch the scene between him and this like very young Bill Duke, yeah. who's very angry um, at the state of like the things that have happened throughout the course of the day at the car wash. Yeah. Um, and it seems like this scene that I remember when we first watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is going to end in a really horrifying way that I didn't expect, but is very like normal in some of these 70s films yep. that we watch these like random bummer endings yep. that people come out of just nowhere die at the end of 70s movies yeah and it'll be like tonally like super fun and charming yeah. and then all of a sudden it ends in like bloodshed and yeah. you're like what the fuck and yeah. so when i remember when i was sitting there i was like i don't know if i can handle this but because ivan is so great he like you know is able to diffuse this situation and then just has this really beautiful moment with bill duke's character yeah i mean he basically just offers to like look we can work this out together it's yeah. like the kind of heartwarming sort yeah. of like i don't need to report you for doing this i understand why yeah. you're here yeah but you're not thinking about the larger implications of being a young black male that's about to yeah. rob this place like yeah. that's not going to go well for you and we can work yeah. something better out and it's yeah i mean uh car wash is a fun funny black exploitation movie mm -hmm. that is a one of the you know quote unquote it's a really good movie. It, it actually has like very interesting yeah. things to say about race in America, and yeah. uh, is is you know does it in an entertaining way. Which, um, as we are talking about this, I just got a message from my dad, uh, which says that Derek Chauvin was um, uh, he was found guilty on all three accounts for the killing of George Floyd. Fantastic. Uh, which, yeah, feels felt like very important to say right now um, yeah. as we're recording this. I was like, yeah. damn, we're talking about what it's like to be a black man in America and this like trial has been stressing everyone out for quite some time. So thank God yeah. for, for that. Yeah. I mean, that feels like uh, at least some kind of justice. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then uh, his next film is in 1978 called Love Is Not Enough. It was a TV movie about a family leaving the ghetto of Detroit to look for a better life in Los Angeles. Right. Um, he then does a TV movie called Sergeant uh, Maklovich versus the U.S. Air Force, which stars Brad Dourif. Okay. Hilarious because we talk about how it's weird when he stars in things. Yeah. Um, and it's about a st it's a story about a sergeant forced to leave the military because he's gay. Okay. Uh, which is interesting for a seventies movie. Yeah. Also. Uh, and then he also does. Uh, so then we get to the, his career in the eighties. Um, he does TV like Starman, the TV series. Okay, I did not know this existed. Yes. I texted you because we just watched Starman for um, Carpenter's birthday. Yeah, it's a John Carpenter movie. It stars, yeah. um, uh, uh, why can't I think of his name now? Jeff Bridges. Yes. Uh, Karen Allen. Yes. Uh, really great. It's so yeah. romantic. It's so uh, romantic. In a very John Carpenter way, but also I don't think of John Carpenter as romantic at mm -hmm. all. So yep. it's like, yeah, uh, really, really great yeah. movie. Which is a weird connection because one of the actors that we also really like in that movie eventually is in one of Bill Duke's films. Yes, yes, um, yes. 
yeah, they recast uh, Jeff Bridges as Paul Forster. Or, no, sorry, that's the name of the character. Robert Hayes uh, is oh, the actor. Oh, okay, um, all right. So he's the star of Airplane. Yeah, he's in Homeward Bound. He's the dad. Okay, yeah. yeah I mean, not can can kind of by him as yeah. that character. I see him as TV Jeff Bridges. That makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> and like an alien, right? Like yeah. also like a not really a human man. Yes, yeah. yeah. I buy it. Um, Starman TV. I would watch it, but I'm curious what it is. It's about him coming back to Earth and trying to find his like love, the woman that he left. Uh, and he like he and his son try to like search for her together. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. Okay. Um, in 1980, uh, Bill Duke was in American Gigolo, which starred uh, Richard Gere, and it was directed by Paul Schrader. Yeah, now, I haven't seen this. I like Paul available. Schrader quite yeah. a bit. We talked about watching this. We just didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, this is like probably my big regret on this list, the one that we mm. didn't quite get to and I would like to. I just, I like Paul Schrader movies, so. Yeah. Um, in 1985, he then has his uh, role as Cookie in Commando, uh, which this was his first big, like, big movie. This movie did really well uh, because it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, Bill Duke also taught in an interview... In an, in, uh, in an interview, I don't know why I can't speak today. Uh-huh. Uh, he talks about how Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the funniest guy, and like really enjoyed working with him. Which that is seems so much about fun. right. That's I mean that's often what I hear about Arnold from people. Yeah. Um. So I was like. We've talked about Commando before because we uh, talked about David Patrick Kelly, who's yes. also in this. And so it's a funny movie because it has this like really distinct crew of bad guys yes. that Schwarzenegger has to kind of like one by one, like just murder yeah. uh, to get his daughter, Alyssa Milano. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I was like trying to think of, I was like, man, I don't know if I really remember Bill Duke in this movie. I weirdly did not either, which is insane after rewatching his scene. Yes, because as soon as I turned it on, I was like, oh, fuck. This is the fight scene that it's takes place in a motel. Yep. It's really good. And Bill Duke is the only believable person in the yes. crew of bad guys that I'm like, okay, he could try to take Schwarzenegger. He's had, probably still going to lose, but he can try. I have the same thought. I mean, Bill, yeah. I think you had it in your notes somewhere. Bill Duke's like 6'5". He's, yeah. he's also a really big guy. Yeah. So you kind of believe it when he goes toe-to-toe yeah. with Arnold. And he says like, he's like, he says something like, I'm a fucking green, like this green beret is going to kill you. Yeah. And I buy him as a scary green beret yes. also. Uh, which also <laughs> is a setup for one of Schwarzenegger's great one-liners where he says, I eat green berets for breakfast yep. and I'm really hungry. <laughs> uh, and I remember this scene too. It's st- it sticks out in my head because they like are throwing each other through those like um, dividers that look like ice cubes. It's yes. like those glass things that people loved in the seventies and eighties for some reason, and they just pop out like they don't even break. They I just, have like, the, fall. I have the same <laughs> thought that I have seen those in many different pieces of architecture yep. throughout my life. Yeah, never really knowing like what is this? It's like glass, Why? but I can't see through it. Yeah. it's like so. What's the fucking point? And then point? when he fucking <laughs> threw Bill Duke through it, and they popped out like little pieces uh, of ice i was like oh that's what they are they're just little cubes and then there's in, there's a woman that like schwarzenegger has kind of just run into and then like is kind of with him throughout the rest of the yeah, movie uh, ray don chan's character yeah yeah and uh she's like in this tiny motel room trying to hide as these two are like duking it out and so she's just commenting it on like everything that's happening and she goes 
oh, I can't believe this, like, macho bullshit yeah. or something, which is such a funny line to have in this movie, too, because I'm like, oh, man, you're right. That is exactly what I'm thinking, but I love it. Yeah, it's I amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's literally what this whole movie is about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Commando is genuinely a great movie yeah. that I think is yeah. fully insane. Uh, it, I mean, it is cocaine incarnate as a movie. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this scene, too, like, the, the colors are really great yeah, and really pop because it's that neon. neon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately for Bill Duke, although this is a thing that will happen throughout his career, he shows up for one scene and then just gets like impaled on a table. Oh my God, he got impaled. Yeah. I forgot that. And then he just gurgles blood yeah. and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, he doesn't even get the information he needs out of him. Like yeah, Schwarzenegger like, asks him a question she? and then he just like gurgles and yeah. he's like dead. And it's like, what, well, what, did, what was the point of this, man? Yep, yep. Every, every time. He just can't help killing people. Yeah. Really good scene, though. Bill Duke does his superpower uh, whispering at Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He's got, like, one or two lines that he gives a full whisper to. That's so good. Um, and that is, you know, pretty much every scene we're actually going to talk about with Duke in them. He he whispers his lines. It's, like, he what does. he does. And it's very powerful. He's got this, like, crazy voice where you can distinctly hear what he's yeah. whispering. I uh, want to talk about it in, like, a movie that we're going to hit in, like, two cool. two seconds. So, like, yeah, because there's a moment I watched. Um, so, uh, first in 1986, he was in uh, a TV movie, Dallas, The Early Days, which I realize now he was in that because he directed episodes of Dallas. What? He was, like, one of the first, like, black directors cool. on this, like, major TV show that was also mainly about white people. I genuinely... Don't even know what the TV show Dallas is about. Me neither. I, I just know that people talk about it yep, sometimes. Just know it exists. Yeah. I know there's an episode of The Office where a bunch of them find Dallas the board game and start playing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in 1987, he plays Mac in Predator. He gets to do another Schwarzenegger movie. Yes. And uh, I watched two scenes from Predator today yes. to try to remember, like, because I loved that movie. Yeah. But man, after like watching just like a few action movies in a row, you like really start to forget some they of like all the major. Yeah, you're like, there's just action, and that's yeah. all I know. Um, but one of the things I remember about Predator was like, again, like he was a very distinctive character because there's first a scene which happens after Predator has killed one of the men on the team, who you then realize was like very close to Bill. Duke. Yeah, right. And yeah. he kind of gives like a whisper monologue yes. about them. He's like, Yeah, buddy, like, remember, like, it was me, you, and 37 men, and we were the only ones that made it out alive. Yep. He's like whispering it into the night air, which, like, kind of makes it feel very romantic, too. Like, yeah. Predator has just, like, killed this man that he loves. Yeah. Um, really good, yeah. fucking strong. I mean, it's like, this is Bill Duke going doing what Bill Duke does. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where you go like, yeah, I mean, this is what makes Predator a sort of rise above yeah. the rest of the 80s action crop is like, yeah. it's got these like great solid moments from like really good actors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I wanted to talk about the whispering because specifically I was like, man, he really does whisper an entire speech in this yeah. movie. And it's not the only time I've watched Bill Duke do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like even uh, the other scene that is so memorable in this movie is when um uh uh gosh why can't i think of the actor's name uh carl weathers is oh, like yes. wandering through the jungle and hears whispering and it's bill duke trying to get him to crouch because bill duke can see the predator like over his shoulder out in the jungle yep. and he like gets him to crouch down next to him and i always remember the scene from this movie he pulls carl weathers in really close and then as he's looking at the Predator, basically says to both Carl Weathers and the Predator, 
I see you. <laughs> it's so good. Though there's a still I keep finding also from Predator, which is um Carl Weathers standing kind of in front of Bill Duke and Bill Duke just holding a knife out to his neck, like not like actually holding it up threatening, but just kind of nonchalantly holding one up. And I'm like, oh my God, I love how like kind of intimidating and scary Bill Duke looks in this casual moment. And I think a lot of roles, it's probably why he got a lot of the police officer roles too. And why a lot of these big black men do is like, he has an intimidating kind of like, um, uh, silhouette, you know, like he, mm-hmm. he's a big intimidating guy and he gets used that way, I think, in a lot of roles. Yeah. Uh, also from this movie, uh, I think Bill Duke is uh, to blame for the extinction of the rainforest because <laughs> uh, there's a scene where in Predator where he sees the Predator, he gets so mad that he just starts picking up like machine guns and just like trying to cut down like the predator but just instead is like hitting every single tree until there is nothing left it's like just smoke and like rubble and you're like whoa yeah really powerful like physical moment from him too like the physical acting in that sequence is really crazy yeah it looks exhausting yeah because he shoots until he's essentially out of bullets and then continues to just hold it like he can't he like is shaking and i'm like man what an incredible moment of acting does he scream through that he does scream right. through that. Yeah. Yep, it's great. Um, and then in uh, the same year, he was in a film called No Man's Land, which we watched last night. It's Hell yeah. a um, Charlie Sheen movie. Is yes. that right? That's the right Sheen. That is the correct Sheen. Great. Uh, and it was produced by Dick Wolf, who I've <laughs> yeah. never seen his name on anything except for Law and Order. So I got very excited. Yeah. Uh, Written by him, in fact, yes. which is wild to yeah. me when you find out what this movie actually fucking is. Yeah. Uh, now I just need to like look at like what did Dick Wolf do before Law and Order, and it was things like No Man's Land, which is uh. Maybe now one of my favorite secret gay movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because it's uh, Charlie Sheen and the other star. D.B. Sweeney. They, like, immediately fall in love with each other. Oh, yeah. And it's it's definitely, yeah, it feels like we talked about it. It feels like a point break, and it feels like a Fast and Furious, where it's, like, Literally, this undercover cop, like, kind of falls for the person he's trying to take down. I mean, the description of the movie on IMDb is, a rookie cop goes undercover and infiltrates a car thief ring. That is almost, li- not quite, but yeah. almost literally the plot of The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Um, and it is as... They're, st- they're stealing DVD players right, in The yeah, Fast and Furious. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Combo DVD, like, TVs or uh, something. So funny. Uh, yeah, I liked this movie quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of exactly what you should expect out of, like, a mid-tier action thriller. Mm-hmm. It's no better, no worse. But it does deliver on that in, like, pretty entertaining ways. And the thing that I kept thinking was that, like, for the guy that, uh, like, Dick Wolf is law and order and stuff, right? So it's, like, he made his career on, quote, unquote, like, you know, real police work on TV. I know that's not true but you know what i mean like it's it's meant to feel kind of like we're watching real detective work on television yeah this is in no way shape or form at all like real anything you know this is like a very cheesy movie that to me felt like 
Michael Mann, like somebody tried to make a Brat Pack Michael Mann movie. Yeah, because we the lead, we were like, man, he looks like so many people, and it's it. One of the people we thought of was like, he looked a little bit like Andrew McCarthy. There was yeah. something kind of baby face and a about him, a little bit like James Spader, and a little bit like you know, yeah. he like he looks like an amalgamation of the Brat Pack. It's kids. weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he and uh, Charlie Sheen fall in love in less than like. Four weeks. Literally in seconds. The <laughs> yeah. moment they get into a car together and drive together, yeah. like the Fast and the Furious, they like fall in love with each other, I know. basically. Yeah. Um, so I really, I mean, just as a secret gay story, I yeah. really, really enjoyed this movie. But I also just thought it was like a pretty entertaining, it looks pretty great. Like I really liked all yeah. the like Michael Mannish kind of nighttime neon photography mm-hmm. and stuff. And then Bill Duke, uh, this is another yes. movie where like unfortunately Bill Duke does not make it all the way through this movie no, he and he kind of plays a character in the background. He's like the manager of the. He gets to kind of play the role from Car Wash yeah. that the, the other actor we were talking I was just about, about plays. to describe the situation. I'm like, oh, this is the same thing I was talking about with Car Wash. Yeah. He's like managing Charlie Sheen a owns chop shop. this place yeah. and it's kind of all a front for for this illegal activity that's yeah. going on. But like Bill Duke is the one that kind of hires the this mechanic kid who's yeah. like actually the undercover for cop. Bill Duke is like the face of the front, yeah. I guess you would say, and right? And he's like weirdly uh I don't know, like I'm trying to think, like extroverted in he's this movie. He's very charismatic like, he's, in this movie. Yeah, and he's only in a couple scenes, but yeah. all of his scenes really pop. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is interesting. He's like he literally even in just the way that he's like walking and talking yeah. with people. There's like a little more pep in his step than I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Like he's trying to put on the sort of schmooze charm kind of character. Which you know? is interesting. Like to cast Bill Duke and yeah. have him do that as opposed to like what we've kind of seen Bill Duke already, where yeah. he's doing this brooding and the whispers. Yeah, and no whispers <laughs> to my memory. No whispers. No man's land. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, short-lived in this movie, literally and figuratively, but like good and doing something that you and I definitely had not seen him do before, which kind of made it worth watching. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would just recommend this movie to people that are just, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. into the kind we of movies we're describing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a fun kind of like, you know, cop becomes a criminal or, or you know, cop and criminal. How different are they once a cop goes undercover? How different is he from the criminals? He's, you know, follow, it's like that kind of story uh, and, and pretty fun. Uh, but th- parallels really interestingly with an, with another Bill Duke movie that we'll talk about later. Yes. Uh, in 1988, he is then in Action, Action Jackson, uh, which stars Carl Weathers, yeah. uh, Craig T. Nelson. Um, so I've never this isn't this. super available, No, not right now. And people kind of like this movie. I've never seen this one. This is, like I think, a, a sort of well-liked you know, nostalgia trip for a lot of people. Um, but to me, it's interesting just that, like, you know, from Predator, he ends up working with some of these guys, you know, like... Uh, uh, Bill Duke worked with Schwarzenegger in Predator and Carl Weathers in Predator mm-hmm. and then worked with both of them in other movies as well. Yeah. Um, I assume that means Bill Duke is like a pretty nice, easy to work with guy. Yeah. You know? Um, in 1989, he then does a film called Street of No Return, uh, which stars Keith Carradine. Uh, and, you know, again, plays a cop in this movie. It's about a rock star turned bum, uh, because, and then his vocal cords are, um, severed at the height <laughs> of his career. Uh, kind of interesting. I mean, this is a great premise for a movie. This sounds ridiculous. You only like it because it sounds like the premise for that, uh... Yeah, it sounds like Vibrations. Yeah, it sounds like Vibrations. One of the dumbest movies of all time. Um... 
Okay, then we get to Bill Duke's career in the 90s. In 1990, he's in the film Bird on a Wire, uh, starring Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. Yeah, another one I've not seen. Uh, I've heard, I feel like, good and bad things about this movie. It's a movie that I would really like to see. I know, uh, you know, Mad Mel is uh, kind of just deserves to be on everybody's shit list, but I do quite enjoy watching him in movies, so... Uh, and then in 1992, uh, Bill Duke directs a film called Deep Cover, um, which is the film that we watched. Uh, yeah. Because one, it sounded great. It stars um, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. When he was going by Larry. Yep, stars Larry Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum, yes. which was a surprise. Uh, yes. Did not expect that duo. Uh, nope. But yeah, so Bill Duke directs this, and it's um, you know it's a film that feels a lot like uh, No Man's Land, but is has much more like overt like racial implications with what's going on. So like Larry Fishburne's character be- decides to like go undercover and try to take down some of these like uh, drug rings. Yeah. Um, I forget in 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 L.A. Yeah, Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, yep. they like slowly pan over the Hollywood sign. Yes. Um, and so, you know, he it's has all these implications because, like, we see at the very beginning of this film that his father was a drug addict who tried to rob a liquor store and died in front of him, yep. um, which is, like, really horrific. And so it means a lot that he's doing this. Um, and it's... it's it's not fun. Maybe that's not the right word. Uh, there's like fun it's moments. It's very entertaining. It's, it's very entertaining. There's some really wild action scenes that you don't really expect in a couple areas. But yeah. um, I mean, this is very well directed. Like Bill Duke is like a fantastic director from just this alone. It definitely made me want to see more movies that he yeah. directed. Because this has, so where No Man's Land is like kind of like a Michael Mann movie in the way that it looks mm. and feels this to me had some like noir vibes, mm. uh, like in a more classical sense. You know, man is like the neo noir guy. Um, but the thing that I thought was so interesting was like No Man's Land is about this white cop that goes undercover. And in that movie, when the white cop goes undercover, he's with car thieves and they're driving around, having yeah. a good time, zip it up, do kind of fun to be a criminal. But when it's like about a black man that goes undercover and he's going undercover, like into the hood, into these drug and rings. And selling drugs back to the people of the community. Exactly. Like yeah. b- going undercover means a lot of things for this black man that it doesn't mean for this young yeah. white guy. Yeah. Now, they're. It's almost unfair to compare them because literally the tones of the movie are like totally different. Like, but we just happen to watch them. We both, happen to like, watch them back to two back. days. And so. They happen to be undercover yeah. cop movies. They happen to be part of Bill Duke's career. Yeah. Although one is an acting job, one is a directing job. Yeah. And it was very interesting to compare them in that light. Mm-hmm. That deep cover, like when we're talking about black communities, we are talking about politics. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about white criminals. I mean, we are still talking about politics, but we can tell stories that avoid the politics if we want to, Mm -hmm. when that's like not really possible with this black story. You know what I mean? It was like, I thought that was a very kind of interesting to like compare these two tones. Um, Yeah, but then one of the things that stood out too was like, uh, like a actor deciding to direct 
I was like really impressed by all of the acting performances in this movie. Yes. I kept looking people up being like, oh, and this person's really good. And I like what this person is doing. Um, and I, I feel like it has to be like credit given to Bill Duke because yeah. it's like every single person is really giving it. And it feels like Bill Duke's eye as an actor was like, okay, I know like what I need to get from, from you and from your performance. And like, these are my like tips and it, it works wonderfully. Like it, every, every actor is like really nailing it. In the this performances movie. are very good yeah. in this movie and like occasionally scene chewing, but in mm-hmm. ways that work for the movie. Yeah. Um, sometimes very dramatic. Yeah. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne is like great in this movie. Goldblum is pretty fun, even though he's like, you know, the character he's playing is yeah. like not necessarily fun. Uh, I mean, he's a really interesting portrayal of like toxic masculinity yeah. and like, you know, yeah, I, I really thought his performance was really interesting. And this is like a sprawling like crime epic too. Mm. Like No Man's Land feels like a smaller movie compared to this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked Deep Cover. I like cannot recommend this movie enough to people. I, I thought it was like fucking really, really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then he uh, continues uh, acting in 1993. He does the film uh, Menace to Society. Have you uh, seen this? Have you? No, I haven't. But I did watch a scene, which uh, I'll talk about actually later, because okay. he actually redoes the scene in something else. Whoa. Um, but the film is about a young street hustler attempting to escape uh, like the rigors of his community. Um he then goes on at first I just was like oh that's interesting he was in Sister Act 2 Back to the Habit but then I looked and I was like oh he directs this movie (laughs) that's why he's in it I am blown away by the fact that Bill Duke directed Sister Act 2 I've never seen the Sister Act movies it's not really like my deal loved those movies in the Smith Uh, household I know people loved them I think they were maybe on Disney Channel a lot or something probably because my parents were both like essentially atheists I don't think anything that involved the church was appealing. So like this really wasn't something that like we would go and seek out. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've heard people love these movies and I'm fascinated that he directed one of them. Um, It's gotta be the, I I was like looking at his directing career and it's like, like it or not, that's the biggest name on your, you know, uh, resume. Yeah. Uh, He then does a film in 1998 called Susan's Plan, which has uh, Billy Zane in it. Love that Billy Zane. Um, He does a TV film called Blackjack, um, which there isn't a little, there isn't that much information about it, but it was directed by Forrest Whitaker, apparently. Cool, cool. Um, In 1999, he does the film Payback, which stars, uh, again, Mel Gibson, as well as Lucy Liu. Yeah, Um, more more evidence, I think, that uh, people like working with Bill. You know, yeah. like that's two Mel movies as well. Yeah. Um, he then does a film called Foolish, which is a comedy drama about two brothers trying to make it in the comedy business. I I, th- I want to see this movie. This was a little hard to find. Uh, and I'm curious about it. Um, and then he has an uncredited role in The Limey from direct and Steven Soderberger. Soderbergh. Berg. I don't know. Soderberger. Yeah. He's a burger. I just like couldn't stop saying his pronouncing his name. I was just <laughs> going to keep rolling into it. 
1999, he's then in a film called Fever about a struggling artist who's implicated in a string of murders. It stars Henry Thomas, uh, which, if that name means anything to you, he plays Elliot in E.T. Yeah. Uh, I want to find this movie because it sounded pretty fun uh, and kind of up my alley. Also written and directed by star of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Alex Winter. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we get to his career in the 2000s. So um, for TV, he does films like Battlestar Galactica, Lost, and The Boondocks. Uh, I forgot which, that he was on Lost. Yeah, uh, which, yeah, we'll watch that at some point because I know yeah. you love it. But um, the, I had watched um, the clip of him in the boondocks uh-huh. and i was like oh this is like kind of funny he's like playing a detective in an interrogation and kind of tears this person apart and then i looked over and it was like oh bill duke menace to society so that's when i clicked on it and i it was the same exact scene so oh, bill wow. duke just came to do an episode of the boondocks and essentially play the same police officer he did does in uh, menace to society which both scenes are really fun he like comes around he puts his gun on the table pointed at the person in front of him yeah. and forgive me if it's not the exact line but he just says like listen here you little bitch like that's how <laughs> he starts it and you're like okay great awesome uh, does he whisper it at him listen here you little bitch pretty much which i was like also he should just do more voice acting because yeah. i love the fact that he was on the boondocks He's got a great voice um He then does a film called Who Killed Atlanta's Children, starring uh, Jim Belushi, which, um, yeah, there's the Atlanta Child Murders is a pretty well-known true crime case. I am not familiar with that. Sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's uh, specifically lots of black kids in Atlanta being murdered, disappearing, all of this stuff. And uh, they, like, couldn't get anyone to take it seriously because people didn't care about black people. Mm. Um, they actually do this case on uh, Mindhunter. Uh, it's one of the cases that uh, the real-life detectives worked, uh, who Mindhunter is based on. Okay. Um, and, like, you know, in the book and in that case, like, it essentially comes down to mothers, like, pleading, being like, wow. I need you to help me find my children. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. So yeah. it's crazy that he was in a TV film about it, but also, like, makes a lot of sense and kind of makes me interested in watching it because he's in that. He definitely seemed like a very political person and I yeah. imagine was invested in some of yeah. these things. Uh, in 2001, he was in a comedy drama called uh, Never Again, starring Jeffrey Tambor, and then does a film called Exit Wounds, Man, uh, uh, which is a Steven Seagal and DMX film, which always, uh, RIP, uh, DMX just died recently. DMX just passed away as we're recording this, you know, maybe like a week ago, and I've never seen, okay, this is one of those movies where it's like, I remember when the trailers were all over television for this movie. Never seen Exit Wounds, would like to, yeah. very much of my era. Um, oh, where are my notes? There we go. Uh, in 2002, he plays uh, the mysterious man on the phone in a film called Love and a Bullet. Okay. <laughs> uh, which makes sense that he would be a mysterious man on the phone. Uh, again, whispers. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's in the film Red Dragon, which I have seen multiple times, and I have no idea who Bill Duke plays. I couldn't find a clip or anything. Um, I, uh, so it must be a pretty small role. I've not seen it, but now I want to, because you have gotten me so obsessed with the universe of Hannibal. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, Ed Norton, who I really yeah. love, uh, playing the uh, the lead uh, actor. Uh, he's playing Will Graham. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, fucking, what's that dumb dude's name? I hate this guy. 
uh, directed, Brett Ratner directed this movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh. He stinks. In 2005, uh, Bill Duke was in the 50 Cent movie, Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, I also watched a clip from this movie today, and I have a quote from him. He just says, violence begets violence. It does not beget money, Uh, which I was like, shit. Uh, Really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen that either. I feel like I saw 50 Cent in a different movie recently, and I was like, oh, I did not expect to like you as an actor, and I like you as an actor. Like, yeah. it made me go, like, maybe I do want to see your Richard die trying. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I want to make sure we mention, because I don't want to totally pass by it, because I think I've seen most of this movie. In 2003, he was in the Martin Lawrence vehicle, oh, I... National Security, uh, which I think is him and Steve Zahn, Martin Lawrence and Steve Zahn. I remember when that movie came out, I might have seen it in theaters because I really liked Steve Zahn and I was a huge fan of Blue Streak, the Smart Lawrence movie that had come out a couple years before it. But I don't remember anything about this movie. But like, I think I saw it. Sounded it sounded bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which I is why I, saw, I probably I skipped over it and didn't it. have a link here. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, he plays Trask in X Men The Last Stand. Wild to yeah. me that he was in that. So um, you, uh, something I'm putting together now as we're talking about this. So that's another Brett Ratner movie. So again, mm-hmm. Bill Duke, probably good to work with. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and Trask is actually like, you know, I think that's who. Am I right about this? I think that's who uh, Dinklage ends up playing in the other like X Men timeline. Well, I don't know. Should I keep going? You could keep going. Okay. I'm just trying to confirm my Dinklage uh, information here. I got to get this Dinklage tidbit out of the way. In 2006, he was in a film called Yellow. Uh, in 2007, he was in a film called The Go Getter. Uh, and then we get to his career in the 2010s. Confirmed. Uh, Dinklage, Trask. Uh, yeah, so pretty interesting that Bill Duke and Peter Dinklage both played the same character. Weird. Really interesting. <laughs> uh, so he, uh, Bill Duke does some TV like Law & Order SVU, so working with Dick Wolf again, uh, which is kind of oh, funny there you to go, me. There you go. Uh, he, in 2010, does a film called Henry's Crime, uh, which stars Keanu Reeves uh, yeah. and Vera Farmiga. I would like to watch this movie mostly because I like Keanu Reeves a lot. In 2010, he Ooh. then does a film called The Big Bang, uh, which stars Antonio Banderas, uh, about a private detective who is hired to find a missing stripper. Um in 2011, he produced um, some documentaries, uh, which I found out. Um, he One was called Dark Girls, and in 2015, he did another called Light Girls, uh, based on the book that uh, he and his wife, Sheila, actually wrote Whoa. about um, like the experiences of growing up as a dark-skinned black woman versus a light-skinned black woman. That's very interesting. Um, which is interesting also because, like, Bill Duke talks about how it was hard for him to, like, date and stuff because he was a dark-skinned black man. Wow, um, So it is interesting that, like, that was uh, clearly something that uh, seemed significant to him. Yeah, it meant something to him. That's that's interesting. In 2012, he does a film called Freaky Deaky, which is uh, set in the 1970s. Uh, it's about some bomb makers. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know what to tell you. This movie looks like it's probably bad, but everything about it is very appealing but to Christian me. But Christian Slater and Crispin Glover are both in it, yep. and those are two of my uh, favorite Chris's. Everything so. about it is very appealing to yeah. me. I would like to watch them build bombs in the 70s, please, and thank you. 
Uh, in 2017, he, or not 17, 2013, he does a film called Battle Dogs, uh, which starred Craig Sheffer, who is the lead in Nightbreed. Yeah. Uh, he looks like David Boreanaz, which is uh, why I always remember him. Uh, and uh, also stars Dennis Haysbert, yep. uh, who's Lieutenant uh, Jennifer, uh, General Christopher something. I can't remember his uh, whole... Sorry, I like totally lost what I was what I was doing. Lieutenant General Christopher Monning. There we go. Thank you. Um, yes. So this was a pretty bad movie that we decided to watch, uh, and we mostly decided to watch it because we were like, it's called Killer Bees, so we really should try to watch some of these bee movies. Yeah. And this was, uh, ooh, man, this was one of the longest movies I've ever sat through, I think. <laughs> it uh, had to have been five hours. Yeah, this is an Asylum picture, if you're familiar with the production company Asylum. They do all the knockoff movies that you see mm-hmm. in, or that you used to see in video stores, like Transmorphers mm-hmm. as opposed to Transformers. I don't know what Battle Dogs is like a ripoff of. It's like a werewolf movie where werewolves are kind of like vampires because it's like a virus that spreads once you, you get zombies? bitten. I guess. I mean, it, it kind of feels like a zombie movie. They like just start hoarding all of these people like yeah. into this like like and people like who get bitten then like start biting other people and yeah, like that's know, why I was thinking it was like vampires but I guess that's also yeah. like zombies I guess those are both yeah the, I feel like the horde aspect of it kept making me be like oh yeah. this is kind of a zombie movie yeah. which is weird it's got these horrible digital uh like wolfman effects that are like really funny uh and the I mean okay so this movie was not very good Dennis Haysbert if you're uh not familiar with him by name is the Allstate guy uh who yes. just plays like a very angry military man in this movie so i feel like that's what i was trying to say when i was blabbering on there for a while and i just got stuck okay yes. he yeah. was he was the all-state man yeah which was really funny yeah uh and he i feel like plays the same role in everything uh he's playing that role in this again he's just like kind of a like an angry he's really know, good at charge. it yeah, yeah yeah oh this uh, film also has ernie hudson uh who's okay this is what I really wanted to yeah. talk. I mean, Bill Duke plays the president in this, by the way, which was a fucking and super cool role. And he kind of whispers a speech at the end of this just to like two or three other men in the room with him, which I yeah. think is funny because it felt like the opposite of the Independence Day speech because it wasn't like a happy speech. It was sad. And yeah. then as opposed to screaming it, Bill Duke was just like whispering it. It was very funny. And it was very much a series of scenes where it was like, oh, I see. They got Bill Duke for one day away from all of the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. Like, they went to Bill Duke and shot, like, three scenes with him. And they were like, please, can you just do this? He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to, like sit on a bench and tell you to bomb some people yeah. and that's my that's my day <laughs> but i i thought he was like you know he shows up okay the, but the thing about this movie that is worth talking about is ernie hudson because mm-hmm. ernie hudson i don't know if you'll agree with me he doesn't literally do this but he's the only character in the movie that spends the whole movie almost almost looking at the camera being like i can't believe i'm here either like he just seems so like He's always like, what are we doing? What's this movie about? Okay, I'm in. And then as soon as he tries to interact with other characters, they're like, no, you shut up and sit down. He's like, okay, I didn't mean to come here. I'm just getting a paycheck. There's a scene where he he shows up to bring information, which I don't even think he like gets a chance to deliver his information. Right. The room he walks into is super tense. All these people are fighting. There's like one of these battle dog people in the same room as them. Yeah. 
And Ernie Hudson just has his fingers crossed and is like sitting in a chair. And it cuts to him at one point where he's just like kind of sitting there. And you're like, yeah, I'm also wondering why you're here yeah. because they're not letting you do anything. He literally has an acting moment of like, I don't know why I'm here. Yep. It's so funny. Yeah. And then they very like unceremoniously kill him off. Uh, yeah. And I'm, you're like, nah, Ernie. He is the only actor in this movie, in my opinion, that is like popping off of the screen. But you know? as we were talking about this, I have the IMDb up. So the woman that like gets bit initially and starts biting everyone else. Yeah. She is the little girl from Jurassic Park. Wait. Yeah, click on her. That's the girl from Jurassic what? Park. I didn't recognize it. She also, her character's name is Donna Voorhees, and I just really yeah. love when I hear Voorhees used uh, in things other than uh, the Jason movies. This is fucking wild yep. to me. I had no idea. So, yeah, it's a really weird cast of, like, people who were pretty well-known at other parts of their career, you know? But yeah, are now yeah. all kind of dried up. It's very weird. Wow. Um, yeah, Wes Studi is in this movie as well, who's an actor that I enjoy in other things. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the other thing about these Asylum movies is it's weird. Everything about them makes me want to think it should be at least stupidly entertaining, but they're just boring. Yeah. Uh, In 2014, he does a film called Bad Country, uh, which I hadn't heard of, but stars Matt Dillon, William Dafoe, Amy Smart. It's got like a, you know, a pretty decent cast, but I was like, oh, I don't, I've never heard of this like crime film. Uh, in 2016, he's in a film called Restored Me, um, about a troubled ex-con who joins a colorful crew of an old movie theater and begins to rebuild his life. Um... He then does a film called Beyond the Silence. Uh, a DA in a film, uh, he plays the DA in a film about a young man who suffers from multiple personality disor- disorder and schizophrenia who finds himself on trial for murder. Like, that's a lot of things. Uh, yeah, that's too many things. Yeah, I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. It seems unlikely that you'd had both of those things. I have okay. no idea, but yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like a lot. Uh, in 2017, he is in a film called American Satan, uh, which I had not heard of. No, this sounds like one of those uh, uh, horror movies that gets made for like $10 yeah. and then was going to be called something else. And they're like, no, we want you to pop up at the top of the streaming list. So you're going to now be called something with an A. Yep. How about American Satan? Yep. Uh, and then in 2018, he is in the Nicolas Cage film Mandy, which he's only in this film for about five minutes, but I'm glad that, like, we loved him so much and, like, clearly he popped so much. I felt validated. Like, one of the first things that popped up when I looked up, like, Bill Duke Mandy was an article where someone was, like, Bill Duke was, like, essential for this film. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad, like, other people felt that way, too, because he really is just there kind of to be, like, Nick Cage's, like, emotional support for, like, two minutes and then is gone. Yeah, I mean, he gives him, like, his kind of, like, super weapon or whatever, right? Like, he provides him with the crossbow. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like he's like the man that sends him on the mission, kind of. He's There's like, like an implied past. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that's holding it for him. And yeah. it's clear that like uh Nick Cage's character Red has tried to build this new life for him, and then this terrible thing happens. He needs to enact revenge, and so he goes to, you know, pick up his uh crossbow at Bill Duke's house. Yeah. Uh, or trailer. I think he like lives in a little trailer. Right. Yeah. Um and so then he, like, gives it to him, and he, like, starts loading it, and Bill Duke's like, what are you hunting? And he says, uh, 
he says like religious freaks and Bill yeah. Duke responds like, oh, I didn't know those were in season. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you showed up and knew exactly what you were doing and you were just the coolest. He also whispers most of his dialogue at Nicolas Cage. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mandy is one of my favorite movies of like the last few years. So I've good. rewatched this movie many times. Tori has bought me a shirt that Nicolas Cage wears in that movie because mm-hmm. I like it so much. And I, this scene is one of the like very memorable scenes in the movie, even though it's just two actors sitting in a trailer talking to each other. Yeah. It's just two actors I really like sitting in a trailer talking to each other. Yeah. And they're both kind of doing like, they're both underplaying what could be like really scene chewing type stuff, you know? Well, cause this is like almost immediately after uh, Nick Cage has his like wild scene in yes. Mandy where he's like, drinking profusely for the first time in years in his underwear screaming and then it cuts to him like going to Bill Duke's house like the next morning (laughs) and he's like Nick Cage is still really upset but you're right he's also like a little bit more subdued and like Bill Duke is kind of just there to like listen and then give him the information he needs And, like, say it in the coolest way possible. Yeah. And he, like, nails it. It's yeah. the best. What does he tell him about the... He tells him the arrows he made are really sharp. He says, they cut through a fat kid, like, cake oh, or something yes. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, trying to find a YouTube clip of the scene, and I don't know why one doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great scene. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, Bill Duke is looking older in it. He's... Uh, it's one of those performances where I'm like, oh, are you, like, getting to the point where you're having a little trouble walking around? Like, yeah. uh, you know... Sometimes I, I I don't know why I focus on these kinds of things, but I, I do when I see like older actors that I really like and stuff. I'm for some reason my brain gets really into like, oh no, are you are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. are you is the reason you're like sitting in the scene because you're getting like too old to to move around a or lot? Or is it just because it makes sense that right. you guys would be sitting for this yeah. scene? Like, <laughs> um. In 2019, he was in another Steven Soderbergh movie, High Flying Birds, uh, and then he's in the film Hollow Point uh, that same year. Uh, I got to see these Soderbergh movies he was in. I'm a big, I'm a big Soderhead. Yeah. Um. Then in the 2020s, uh, he didn't really do much. In 2021, he has a completed film called No Sudden Movement that uh, is, I guess, going to be on HBO Max. Oh, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah. Oh, written by Ed Solomon, writer oh, shit. of okay. Bill and Ted. Yep. Uh, yeah. Great cast. Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, David Harbour, John Hamm, Kieran Culkin, Benicio Del Toro, Don Cheadle, Ray Liotta. Like, this looks like it's going to be a fucking wild movie. Yeah, this is insane. Every time I thought I could stop naming names, there was another name I needed to name. So uh, Yeah, so no sudden move. A group of criminals that are brought together under mysterious circumstances have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. I mean... This sounds like classic Soderbergh shit. Yeah. I am excited about this. Should I didn't good. even know about this. Oh, my God. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know if there was a release date, but apparently we're getting that this year, so that that should be fun. Hell yes. Um, and then, yeah, I put uh, some other stuff down that uh, Bill Duke directed. Um, he did mostly television. Um, uh, currently, he's working on an untitled Joe Lewis project, um, oh. so he'll have a new directorial uh, film out. That's cool. Uh. He, so, yeah, he directed episodes of Dallas, Hill Street Blues, Matlock, uh, the 80s Twilight Zone, and uh, Starman the TV show, as well as Miami Vice. Okay, okay. Um, 
Some of his other films were things like uh, Created Equal, Cover, and Hoodlum. Um, so he, yeah, he has tons of stuff out there. Um, I think Created Equal was a, um, uh, like a legal film, uh, which sounded kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like Covers is from 2007. So he's like, you know, it's interesting because it seems like he started directing pretty early in his career and continued directing yeah. and acting together, which doesn't seem like a thing I always see. Uh, right. Like people usually kind of like, oh, I'm ready to like go behind the scenes now. Yeah, I'm in this so. phase of my career. Yeah. Or, yeah but yeah. I love that he, I mean, he clearly loves acting. It's something that I saw a lot in like the interviews that I read. Um, so I think it's like he's probably doing what we talked about and he's like, cool, I'll direct some stuff. And then, yeah, I do want to be in this yeah. film. I want to play this role. Um, he was asked like what actors he would like to work with. Um, he said Meryl Streep was one of them, and he uh, he he said I'd most like to direct or act in a film with. Um, but he also wanted to work with Denzel Washington, Sam Jackson, and Jeffrey Wright. I'm like, please work with any of those people. Yeah. I would love to see you guys together. I think Sam Jackson is in Menace to Society, but mm. maybe they don't share any scenes together. Um, I found like a quote about uh, he has a quote that's on Black Panther and the future of the black of black people in the film industry. Hmm. Um, he says, I think, however, when you look at the business of movie making in terms of ratios of how many African-Americans actually sit in the decision-making areas of green lighting films, from my perspective, it's almost a feeling that Black Panther is more a success story for the season rather than the opening of a door for future films led by African-American crews from top to bottom. I think I hear what he's saying. Yes, like, he's like, this was a great moment but is this like the thing that's going to you know bring about all these other like black-led projects where they have all this power um, right i think he's saying like is or i'm reading this as like yeah they they to to prop themselves up they yeah. made one of our movies yeah they're not in the business of yeah. trying to make our movies yeah yeah because like this is marvel yeah like, yeah yeah and it's still taking a while to like yeah. push further and further right um he uh, has an autobiography he wrote, uh, I believe in 2018, called Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career on Screen and Behind the Camera. Um, he also has um, Build, uh, sorry, it's just called Duke Media Entertainment, okay. um, which is led by the actor, director, producer, writer, and humanitarian Bill Duke. It's in dedicated to bringing a quality uh, edutainment to audiences around the globe. Um, Duke Media has successfully produced critically acclaimed films and television content for more than 30 years. Um, he also has a uh, the Duke Media Foundation, uh, which I believe I have their like mission statement, which is what I wanted to pull up. Uh, there we go. Uh, so uh, the purpose of the Duke Media Foundation is to prepare our youth for the future by exposing them to specific new media tools and financial literacy tools that will enable them to compete, survive, and thrive. Our economy is experiencing a paradigm shift far beyond film and TV to media. Uh, film and TV are still a part of the landscape, but we have moved into virtual worlds, games, cell phone apps, mobile TV, animation, and webisodes. Um, so I really like this uh, this idea of just like educating kids 
kids on on both of these things, actually. Because yeah. um, in one of the interviews I read, he also talks about how um, you know, he was he was alive through a lot of significant social movements, specifically for black people. And he goes, yeah, like I've saw I've seen social growth in areas. Uh, I haven't seen economic growth like yeah. they've propped us up in certain ways. But like, you know, we still haven't gotten reparations. Right. Like he talks about Abraham Lincoln promised them like, you know, when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, like he promised them like a horse and 40 acres of land. Yeah. And he's like, I'm still waiting for my 40 acres and my, yeah. my horse. I'm like, yeah, I think I think all of that's really valid. So I love that he's also using his power and influence to try to find ways to like bring up some of like uh the youth in these communities and like hopefully teach them like successful tools because like i wish i learned fucking like financial stuff when i was <laughs> yeah. in school Me um too. so uh i do i do really love um that he's also doing like educational efforts yeah that's amazing yeah and that you know it's uh deep cover was such a deeply political movie yeah. and i Maybe in my head I just did this, but it seems like from doing this episode and doing this research, it's pretty clear that it's like, no, he just was like a very political person yeah. and I, I think was trying to tell stories yeah. about uh, you know himself and his community through his career, Yeah, which, which is really interesting and cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And was doing it, you know, from the beginning at a very young age. Uh, yeah. I mean, Car Wash, that first yeah. movie he's in is this very, I mean, it's a very political role that he plays in yeah. that movie, you know? Yeah. I love it. Um. I would definitely suggest, like, looking up, like, there's a ton of, like, audio uh, interviews as well as, like, video interviews. Someone did, like, a Zoom one with him during the pandemic recently. Um, and hearing him speak, he's just so smart uh, yeah. and so interesting just to hear talk. Um, so I definitely suggest, like, looking some of that stuff up. Uh, but some of the other sources I used were um, Harlem World Magazine, uh, The Philadelphia Sun, uh, Mission Winnow. Uh, and there's a YouTube interview from Vlad TV with him. That's uh, pretty great. Cool. Yeah. Well, he proved to be another great entry for us. Like I, I just, uh, he is one of, you know, that Mandy clip you and I talked about a lot and it's sort of, then I introduce you to commando and uh, predator and, you know, he pops up in both of those. And I think that was when we were pretty much like, yep, this is, yeah. I mean, he, he, I know I've said this about the last few people we've done, but that's why we're doing all these people early in the show. It's just like these are the people that inspired us to do the show, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Seeing him pop up in these different roles and always being like, God damn it, he's like so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun to do more work on him. Uh, also, too, just because every time I do a little bit more research on this pe on these people, I feel even more endeared to them. Because uh, so far, everyone we've done has been like pretty interesting and wonderful. Uh, yeah. it seems like they do really good things, and uh, you know, are trying to like give back to their communities, like Bill Duke, and it just like makes me happy. I'm like, oh, these are also like cool people. I know. Yeah. Um. So why don't we uh, plug ourselves and get the heck out of here? Yeah. What do you say? Um, you can find our podcast everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook mm -hmm. at gmail.com. And we're on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John J A W N. We're on their podcast network. We're happy to be there. We're excited about it. Um, and you can find both Tori and I writing on moviejohn.com. Yeah. Uh, you can find my other podcast over on the internet at I Like To Movie. That's the numeric two We're called I Like To Movie Movie. Uh, and you can find me on the internet at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Follow my letterboxed. Yeah. Uh, and, and Sames. <laughs> I think you said all the things. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Nailed it. Cool. Yeah. Nailed it. Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode, everyone. Buzz, buzz. Buzz. <laughs>